hey, hey. Welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Whew. We made it through the holidays. Well, with the exception of New Year's coming up. So I know what now? What do we do? It's so funny. I remember um, years ago hearing that December 26th was Boxing Day. And my funny, weird sense of humor, I took that as everybody was now, you know, hitting the punching bags or maybe even each other because they were done with everything. I didn't know that that was actually a Canadian holiday or something that you actually box everything up and put things where they go. But, you know, I kind of liked my interpretation better. But I know that some, we can get on this roll or this high or whatever from all of this holidays and wonder what now. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is, okay, let's stop. Let's breathe. And let's reflect on what we just came through. So often we are too quick to move on, leaving us later feeling unsatisfied or unfulfilled in our lives because we're so quick to just move on to the next thing. Somehow we've been conditioned to just continually strive, strive, strive. And yet if we're not taking the time to reflect and see where our growth is and see what we've come from or how much we've either changed or maybe where we still need to do some tweaking. We don't give ourselves that opportunity, which oftentimes can put a lot of pressure on kids or even young adults to feel like they're never thriving or that they're always failing in some way because we've not taught them and we've not done that for ourselves on merely just taking the time to reflect And yeah, even celebrate our success. I can't tell you, myself included, how many times we've just moved on to the next thing rather than pausing and like, wow, I just did a really big thing there. I just, you know, achieved X, Y, Z or I got this promotion and wow, you know what? In this promotion, I didn't realize I've actually been working towards this promotion for the last five years and I finally got it. Those are the things that we're not looking at. We're just like hitting the next thing, hitting the next thing. You know, all the buzzwords on social media is you got to hustle, you got to grind. I'm not saying don't work, don't, don't have goals. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is you need to take some time and reflect on that and, and just take a minute. So let's talk about that today. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I am a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about. But we know we want to be better. We want to do better. We want to We want to have different things happen and experiences in our lives that don't replicate those things that we came through. I am obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic. That inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and maybe continues to keep you stuck. Now, here's the thing. There may have been nothing that happened to you in childhood. You may have been you know, had the the perfect fairy tale life and that's fantastic. But maybe somewhere along the way in college or, you know, the first relationship that went sour or even if you've gone into a very stressful job or had some 
life-altering experience that you were not, you did not see that on the trajectory of your life path happening came along and it can have an impacts on us. It can affect the relationships we have. It can affect the work that we do. It can affect our health. It can affect so many areas of their lives. And part of that effect is what I consider the inner critic, those things that we've now learned and conditioned and programmed ourselves to live and breathe. And I help you get unstuck from that and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about what and where we go from here. Now that Halloween, Thanksgiving, holiday parties, school performances, and Christmas is over. It's funny, because we think things only get stressful around the holidays. But forget that the momentum starts way back in September, When we start prepping for Halloween, then the ball really gets rolling for Thanksgiving and then holiday parties, kids' school performances, and ultimately Christmas and or Hanukkah. It's it's just a lot, back to back to back. This can be the time when the major work is over, this time from the day after Christmas until New Year's, and and even into the first month of January, can be a time where those winter blues can come knocking on your mental door. And if you didn't see loved ones over the holidays or recently lost someone special you loved, this might seem especially difficult and even lonely. Thankfully, Self-care can be a helpful practice to help combat these feelings we can go through after a few action-packed months of go, 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 give, give, give of your time and your energy. Self-care can be approached physically, emotionally, and mentally. And it is often so much simpler and less expensive than you might imagine. When you understand why this season is hard, it can help you pinpoint what forms of self-care could benefit you. Again, as previously mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we are quite often guilty of just quickly moving on from one thing to another and not truly taking the time to digest, review, and even celebrate what we've done to get where we are. Which is why I feel it's so important for us to talk about self-care. There's so much information out on this subject matter and so many tools to help you along your journey. But what I've noticed most is that we, yes, I include myself in this as well, only use these tools for a short while before moving on and leaving them behind then looking for them later down the road when things are feel off or too stressful to deal with or whatever crisis or setback or defeat or frustrating thing comes along. So let's use this episode as a reminder towards self-care reconnection. This time of year can be difficult for several reasons, but addressing each of them individually can help lift your spirits 
and make you feel more like yourself. So first, let's talk about what is self-care really? I mean, you see all kinds of memes on social media. You see all kinds of conversations. You know, the word is such a common word nowadays. You know, self-care, just like the word, ooh, I got some juicy nuggets for you. Or, hey, here's the latest secret for this. I just want to, I want to tell you, self-care is often misunderstood. When people hear self-care, an image of maybe manicures and massages often come to mind. But that is rarely what it looks like. This picture of indulgence is why some people shrug off self-care. Some even think self-care is equivalent to that of being selfish. But self-care doesn't inherently require you to spend more money, and it doesn't need to be luxurious. True self-care is just about doing things, often simple things, things that charge or fill you up as opposed to things that drain you. Essentially, self-care ensures you aren't pouring out of an empty cup Self-care can be physical, emotional, or mental. Physical self-care is making sure you take care of your body. This includes things that seem obvious but aren't always, especially if you're in a busy, stressful, and sad season of life. These things can be some of the first to go. Brushing your teeth. Ensuring you're properly nourished, staying hydrated, showering, moving your body, getting enough sleep, and maintaining proper hygiene all fit into this category. Self-care doesn't mean you need to be by yourself. Emotional self-care especially involves a social component. It includes enjoying time with friends or family, maybe free play with your kids, or getting involved in your community. Lowering expectations on yourself also falls into the category of emotional self-care. Maybe it's ordering takeout more, or keeping meals simpler. Emotional self-care could also include answering emails or text messages on your schedule when you're free, not feeling like you immediately have to respond to everything. Maybe it's hiring out some housework or letting the toys stay on the floor for one more night. Discipline and planning ahead can help with this too. Not letting your laundry pile up if that's something that's overwhelming to you, then set the time aside to do it. Maybe it's also meal prepping every weekend to keep your weeknights less chaotic. Mental self-care include personal and educational activities like reading, journaling, listening to podcasts like this, or music. Doing continuing education or staying involved in a part-time job might actually be self-care for a full-time mom. 
Taking time to do some of these things without trying to multitask can be extremely filling. Activities like book clubs, art classes, or even just a deep thoughtful conversation can combine the emotional benefits of social self-care with mental self-care. One of the things I encourage my clients often to do is regular physical movement along with mental movement, meaning whether it's reading, feeding your mind, as when physical movement, you're feeding and moving your body. Those two go hand in hand, the mental and the physical. Those two, if they get out of balance, definitely start tailspinning the emotional side of ourselves out of balance. So let's talk self-care categories when approaching winter. We're just entering winter. I know it's been a little bit cold around the country, but December 21st officially was the start of winter. It can be helpful to think about these self-care remedies as that I'm going to share with you as separate categories, dependent on what you are actually struggling with. This is where you're going to have to take this time to connect with you so that you can give yourself the appropriate self-care that's going to help get you through the winter blues, whether it be past the holidays, whatever it may be. You might need self-care to address how you don't get enough alone time, whereas someone who lives alone might need self-care to combat loneliness. These require two very different self-care solutions. You could be burned out from the busyness of the holiday season or sad because you miss the social busyness of the holidays. Those two situations would need different self-care solutions. Depending on what's gnawing at you, you might need a little of both. I'm going to share some common reasons this time of year can be so difficult, followed by a self-care antidote for that particular issue. If this time of year is hard for you, think about why specifically that is and consider your specific situation as well as your personality before deciding which self-care option might be best for you. So let's first talk about the dark and the cold. I don't know about you. I'm a California girl, so it starts dipping down in the low 70s, and I'm already starting to get cold. (laughs) It's dipped way below 70, let alone the rest of the country. So even in the non-cold flu COVID normal year, the post-holiday winter months can be a real struggle. Part of that struggle is the simple fact that for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, this is the coldest and darkest time of the year. January starts shortly after the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. Now, just as a side note, my dad loves December 21st because, I'm sorry, he loves December 22nd because After the winter solstice, we start gaining one minute of light more a day. So that's his favorite time of the year because he does not like the cold nor the dark. So if you're listening, Dad, take notes. For those of us in the Midwest and North 
northern states. I'm in California, as I said, but for those of you that are in the Midwest and northern states, the end of December, beginning of January and February tend to be extremely cold, making it hard to go outdoor and do outdoor activities. Shout out to the Canadians out there. I sure as heck don't know how you do it. The upshot, we feel unhealthy. Our bodies may be more prone to sickness and we're missing the endorphins, which as L. Woods would say, make people happy. So let's talk about what the physical self-care is, the antidote for that. Even if it's cold and dark, make a point to get outside regardless of the weather in your area. As the Nordic saying goes, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. And they certainly have some chilly temperatures. You may have to bundle up, but for the mental health benefits, cold gear may be a worthwhile investment. Moving your body and getting fresh air can do wonders for your mood, especially if there is some sun peeking through the clouds. Try to pop outside to sip a cup of coffee in the morning or for a quick walk on your lunch break. The sun is the best source of vitamin D, and low levels of vitamin D have been linked to depression. And if you can't get outside, then I highly recommend physical movement indoors and supplement with vitamin D to get that sun feel-good source. So let's talk now about lack of socializing. Though the weather is similar from December to January in any given place, the general mood shifts dramatically after the new year. At the end of the calendar year, we have three big holidays, as we all know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. This means that most of us, even in the cold flu COVID times, have more socializing than usual, even if it was via Zoom or outdoors. The stark contrast between the socializing and the events at the end of the year and the usual loneliness of the beginning of the new year can feel demoralizing. So the antidote for emotional and mental self-care are as follows. Although it might feel easier to stay cozied up in your home and hibernate for the remaining winter months, make the effort to connect with friends and family. Even if it's Zoom, I mean we should all be masters in Zoom by now after the last two years, it's a chance to connect with those even far away. I've shared before that I have family in Arizona and throughout COVID, we would do Zoom calls every Sunday and whoever could jump on, jumped on and we'd catch up. And we plan to do that, you know, maybe sometime after the first of the year, probably not as frequently as we were, but at least once a month jumping on a Zoom just to see each other's faces. You know, there's something about, we do phone calls or text or whatever, but there's something about seeing those you care about's face that just kind of warms your heart, especially if you're not able to see them in person. That's a nice alternative. Maybe invest in some wine tumblers or go for an evening walk with a girlfriend or bundle up and sit in someone's open garage or even 
on their apartment deck or in their driveway with maybe a fire pit or backyard or something just to get together. If you're playing with little ones all day and crave intellectual stimulation, try starting a remote book club or listening to or discussing a podcast series with a friend. Now, let's talk about when there's nothing to look forward to, right? We kind of have built up this momentum to get to the fall and into winter for all those holiday festivities that just go back to back to back to now all of a sudden nothing. And now what's there to look to do? Something else that happens during this time of year once all of the big festivities is over is there aren't any really big holidays or nationwide vacations to look forward to like there was in the fall or early winter. Like again, examples of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's or spring break or summer break in their respective seasons. I mean, I guess unless you are a football fan and the Super Bowl is a big deal to you, but that doesn't even happen, I think, until February. So what do we do for January? Be another episode down the road where we'll talk about that. But the sense of something social or fun on the horizon offers us a sense of hope, excitement, and purpose. It allows us to endure the monotonous days knowing something enjoyable is coming. When there's nothing imminently on our calendar that we're looking forward to, the days and weeks can start to bleed together. It may start to chip away at your sense or of hope and excitement leading you to feel down. So let's talk about the antidote for that emotional and mental self-care. While you may not have something to look forward to right now, you can use this time to plan something for the future that you are excited about. Whether it's planning a trip or even just a special getaway with your family or roommates or friends, anything that gives you something to look forward to. Even if the event you're planning isn't till next year, just putting it in the books and working on the details is sure to give you a sense of excitement and alleviate boredom. Try doing research on your potential destination or plans or learn a language or develop a skill that will serve you well when the events occur that bonfire would be a lot more fun with someone to play the guitar. Just saying. So let's talk about missing the festive season. Decorations, lights, traditions, candles, food, special music makes the holidays festive. So when the holidays are over, all of our five senses feel the deprivation. The bleakness after the bright lights, abundant meals, and cheery music is stark. We may feel down simply from missing these cheery things after getting used to them. So let's talk about the antidote for that. That would be an emotional self-care. While the whole world may not be living like it's a holiday anymore, that doesn't mean you can't. 
make it a point to live a more comfy, cozy lifestyle. Indulge in simple pleasures that make you feel a big difference in your mood. For instance, listen to music that puts you in a good mood. Keep lights up if you want. Or hang out more. Burn pretty candles. Candles that smell good. You really enjoy smelling and looking at. Bake treats. Maybe you're choosing to make healthier treats now that it's the new year. That's cool. Just because the holidays are over doesn't mean you can't still pretty up a plate or treat and share with your coworkers, share with your friends, whatever it may be. These small indulgences can offer a big bang for your buck when it comes to your everyday happiness. This is what I know. This time of year can be super fun as well as a challenge for a variety of reasons. But that doesn't mean we have to white knuckle our way through it. Make a point to take care of yourself in this hard season, in this busy season, in this fast season. We can all use We can certainly all use it after the last couple of years we've had. The thing is, is if you start to make this a practice now, just as maybe making grandma's fruitcake every year, it becomes a habit. And when we have habits, we have good habits and we have some not so good habits. And maybe what you're going to choose to do after listening to this episode is swapping out an old habit, maybe a habit that keeps you too busy all the time, not actually assessing your life, or maybe it's a habit of remaining a recluse in, dare I say, wallowing in loneliness, to switching it to one of these habits that feed either your mental, physical, or emotional body and mind so that you can end the season next year differently. You have the ability to do that. It takes practice. It takes discipline. It takes focus. And we'll get more into that as the new year starts to wrap up. But I just thought that this was a good time of year, this week, last week of December, to stop, pause, reflect, review, assess, breathe, and add some self-care. If you found this helpful or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I'm going to encourage you to share this podcast, as well as I'm going to encourage you to, to follow it so that you get a notice every week when a new episode is dropped, giving you some tools, to help you get through your week. Moreover, if you'd like to get in touch with me or if there's something that I can help you work through, here's some ways that you can connect with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com and my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. And until next week, please know I send you so much love.